Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Don't try to be a real estate investor while selling things on Amazon while doing something else. Conquer the one thing in front of you, focus on it, and then possibly start adding other streams of income before we get into it i want to introduce you to groundbreaker today's sponsor and partner they are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators they've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management they help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising reporting and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. George Abreu. How you doing, George? I'm doing good, Joe. Glad to be on your show. Yeah, well, I'm glad to have you and looking forward to our conversation a little bit about George. He's a CEO of Elevate Commercial Investment Group and owner of JNT Construction, full-time active and passive real estate investor with 14 years of real estate experience. He's wholesaled 200-plus properties, flipped 100-plus properties, and developed several construction projects from the ground up. His current portfolio, well, it consists of 1,720 doors as a general partner and over 1,400 doors as a limited partner based in Dallas. With that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, definitely. So as far as the background, I graduated from university with an electrical engineering degree, went to work for UPS in the engineering department, probably my senior year before I graduated, I knew I didn't want to do engineering. I didn't want to be in a cubicle, crunching numbers all day. So I started looking at some other successful individuals and noticed that a lot of them built their wealth through real estate. So I started getting educated on real estate investing, did some single family deals, decided to quit my W-2 job, start doing real estate full-time. That's where I found my passion. And then while trying to scale the single families, I started doing a lot of fix and flips and ran into some issues with some general contractors. So I decided to open a construction company to help scale that aspect of it. So then the construction company kind of took off on its own as well. And then about three and a half years ago, I kind of looked back and looked at what I had built and realized that a lot of the stuff I had done was very transactional and I didn't have that constant cash flow coming in. And I also hadn't built that legacy or that wealth. And that's what kind of turned me into looking into multifamily. Luckily, I had some clients through the construction company that were multifamily syndicators. And they kind of opened my eyes to that world. Before then, I never thought about purchasing a 200 plus unit property. Didn't think it was possible. But with a syndication, that kind of changes things. So. At that point, at first I tried doing both the single family and the multifamily, and I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, and he always talks about focus is where the energy flows. So I decided to just stop doing single family altogether and just put all my focus into multifamily, and since then, it's really paid off. Well, let's talk a little bit about your story. Your senior year in college, you work so hard, you're about to get a degree in electrical engineering, and you realize your senior year, you don't want to do what your degree's in. I mean, electrical engineering, for people I speak to, is a very tough degree to get. <laughs> yes, it is. Were you demoralized by that, or what was your mindset? That's a great question. So yeah, thinking back, it's a five-year degree, a lot of math, <laughs> so a lot of hard work to get past those classes, and I wasn't demoralized. I had found what I knew I wanted to do. So more than anything, I was excited. And I knew this was going to have to be part of my path to get there was to come out of university, making a decent salary, and then do what I really wanted to do on the side until I built that up enough to where I can do that full time. 
You said you looked at successful people and a lot of them got money through real estate. Who were some of the people you looked at? Donald Trump was one. I know there's a lot of people that love and a lot of people that hate him. Back then, he was mostly a lot of real estate. And then Ron Legrand, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's been around for a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's the first seminar I went to and I ended up signing up for his coaching. And that's really what got me going. And then you decided to quit your job at UPS in the engineering department. I imagine since you majored in electrical engineering, you're a very thoughtful, logical thinking person. What was your thought process that led you to say, I'm ready to leave this cushy W-2 job and go full-time in real estate? It took a couple good deals to close for me to really proved to myself that I can do this and it can pay consistently. And it got to the point where it was costing me money to be going to my W-2. And I think that's where I'm very numbers driven. So Mm -hmm. when I saw that, it just made sense. That makes a lot of sense. If you have proof that you're making more money doing your own thing than your full-time job, it's actually costing you money to be there. Well, I got it. As far as GC issues, you said you came across general contractor issues and then you started your own construction company. What were the issues? And maybe if if you have a story that you can share about some issues, even better. Just overall getting burned, paying the contractor too much in advance and then having them disappear. That happened to us twice. This is back in South Florida. So now I live in Dallas, like you mentioned, but originally from South Florida. And then when we made the move to Dallas after the 08 recession, same thing happened here. So I think that was the last draw when it happened here in Dallas. I was maybe thinking, okay, well, maybe it's something in South Florida. There's crooks everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) Why did you pay too much of an advance the second time after being burned the first time? That's a great question, too. Just not the right move, obviously, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) When you've got a lot going on and trying to scale, and I can definitely say that, and this has always happened, is I always trust individuals right off the bat and very optimistic. I finally have learned. It took maybe a couple more times, but yeah, that's mainly why. Let's talk about some specific deals. So you've wholesaled 200 plus properties, flipped 100 plus, and developed several construction projects, and you're also a GP on deals and an LP. As far as the development of construction projects from the ground up, tell us about one. So as the market got hotter, so residential is what I'm talking about right now. As the market got hotter, it got harder to find good deals. And what we decided to do was leverage our construction company to create deals. It started doing a small addition. I know I can add 500 square feet to this house and it's going to cost me $100 a square foot, but I can turn around and sell that extra square footage for 200 a square foot. Then we started ripping the roof off of of houses and adding a second floor to the point where we just finally went to the next step where we demolished the house and started building new ones. And then on the multifamily side, actually working on first one on a large multifamily scale, which we're just in the entitlement phase right now. With the renovation process where you're building out 500 square feet more, 
compared to building a brand new house after you demolish it, what are some main differences other than it's just larger? But besides that, maybe from an approval process or from some other type of consideration that we might not think of and that you discovered when you got into it? Most people would actually think that addition would be easier than the new construction, which is not necessarily true. Building the new construction is easier. So the permitting is harder, obviously. And that's one reason why we were ripping the roof off and adding a second floor versus just tearing the whole house down is because the permitting process is a lot quicker, a lot easier. You can get off the ground quicker because you already have your foundation. Mm-hmm. But on a new construction, once you have that foundation poured and you start building it, it's a lot easier than the existing because you don't run into plumbing pipes that are broken or you never know what you're going to find behind the walls that you're tearing down. Hmm. That makes sense. Permitting's harder for new construction, but the construction aspect of it is easier. You gave the example $100 versus $200. $100 to build a 500 square foot, but you can get $200 on the sale. What were the ratios that you were looking at with new construction when you were doing them? So we started doing some higher end single family homes and that was more of the ratio maybe we were building it for more like 130 to 140 a square foot and then turning around and selling that for 240. So I'm not sure exactly what the ratio is there, but right, right. that's fine. That helps that comparison. When you say higher end homes, what's the end price point range? Most of them were a million to I think the most expensive one we did was right around $1.5 million. Any of them sit on the market for too long and made you sweat? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, happened, what happened with one of them? There was one that location. They always say location, location. It was a good location overall, but it was a little closer than we realized to a main street. And we kept kind of hearing that come back in the feedback that they didn't like the fact that it was, we're talking about maybe four or five houses in from a main street. Mm-hmm. So it sat a little bit longer than we expected. Out of your deals, thinking back, what deal have you lost the most amount of money on? Hmm. That's a tough question. We've definitely lost on some deals. I won't, I won't say we haven't. I know there was a renovation we did. It was something with the neighbor. I can't remember the exact deal, but I know we ended up losing maybe 20000 or so on it. You don't remember, not specific, but high level, why you lost the money? In case we can learn from that. That's the only reason I Yeah, lost. yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure. We ran into some issues, so we had to replace all the plumbing. Well, you're originally from Texas, I believe, so yep. you know about the foundation, foundation? shifting that happened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the foundation had shifted quite a bit, which we saw that going in, but we did not expect to have to replace all the sewer lines, which we did. So that cost us some money. And then on top of that, it ended up sitting longer than we expected. We ended up having to drop the price. So a mixture of spending more on the renovations that we had expected and then having to sell it for less. You still have your construction company? Yes. Knowing that you have a successful construction company, what are some things that you can share with people about the construction process that you know because you own the company and you see from the construction side what things are like that maybe are either myths or things that other investors should realize about the construction process? I know it's a broad question, but 
maybe think of it from a standpoint of when we get quotes from construction companies or the payment process or here are some unique things you could do to work with a company, just anything that comes to mind. No, for sure. I've actually done quite a bit of webinars and stuff on these things because I feel like it is an aspect of multifamily investing that a lot of people don't have a background in and they do some of these things wrong. But I think it starts with the contractor that you hire. You need to do your homework. You need to call references. You need to make sure that they have insurance, that they have general liability insurance and enough to cover if something was to go wrong, that they have a presence online. Nowadays, if a contractor doesn't have a presence online, it's a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Do your homework when you're hiring the contractor. And then while the project's, well, not even while the project's going on. So once again, before you hire them, dig into how they communicate. Exactly. Like, how are you going to communicate with me throughout this project? Are you going to give me a weekly report? Are you going to give me daily reports? Do you have a software that you use to actually manage the project? Are you going to give me schedules? How do I hold you accountable? Those kind of things. How do you handle change orders? That's big. Mm -hmm. Because if you're picking a contractor solely on price, you've got to be careful because you got to look at the details and make sure that they have a detailed scope of work. If not, they may change order you to death, which I've seen several times. So, yeah, I'm not sure if there's something else. So I, I can keep going on and on. <laughs> that's good. So when I meet with the general contractor, what are two or three things I need to make sure that I either ask him or her or get from him or her? I know there's more than that, but what are like two or three things like, hey, you better ask or get this information from him or her before they do the job? So for sure, you need to get a detailed scope of work that lays out okay. exactly what you're getting. If they delivered a paragraph with a price at the bottom, I would not accept that. Make sure that if they're supplying some type of materials, that you have an actual allowance of what they're supplying and how much they're budgeting for that. And their insurance, make sure that they supply a certificate of insurance and that it has the owner of the property's name on it. What do you mean by owner of the property's name? You know, like each property is going to have its own LLC, most mm-hmm. likely. Right. So that should be mentioned on there as a additionally insured. Very, okay, cool. Yeah, it just makes it easy if something does go wrong, it makes it easier to file a claim on that insurance yep. if it goes that far. Okay, got it. And the third thing I would say would be the communication. Really dig into mm-hmm. how they're going to communicate with you and have them lay that out for you. Got it. You actually gave a bonus. You gave four, so even better. Detailed scope of work, materials allowance. Make sure that you're additionally insured on their certificate and the communication. Taking a step back, based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate advice ever. Get focused. Don't get distracted with all the different noise that's out there. And that's pretty broad statement, but that can go for so many things. Real estate alone, if you decide you want to be a real estate investor, get focused on what type of real estate you're actually going to do, what area you're going to do it in, what type of properties you're going to look for, and then go all in. And don't try to be a real estate investor while selling things on Amazon, while doing something else. Conquer the one thing in front of you, focus on it, and then possibly start adding other streams of income. 
We're gonna do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. All right, first quick word from our best ever partners. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. What's the best ever book you've recently read? Recently would have to be Atomic Habits which it mainly goes over the fact that every day we have habits. A lot of them, we don't even realize it. It's our subconscious mind just doing things. But if you become aware of that, you can actually replace those bad habits with good habits. And then when you really break it down, the outcome of your life depends on those habits. Best ever deal you've done. That would have to be our five property portfolio of 1,275 units we closed on end of November last year. How'd you find it? Found it through a broker. And where are they located? Houston. Why is that the best ever? Because it's the largest? Because it's the largest, yes. And there was a lot that went into getting it closed. So it felt really good getting it there. What was just one of the challenges? Raising $22 million. (laughs) Fair enough. When you take a look at that deal and the challenges you came across, what's one thing that you learned? If you're going for a institutional or a equity partner, have several backups. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? So I know our company goals, by the end of this year, we want to have a nonprofit organization that we support 100% and we're going to start doing a yearly event where all the proceeds would go to that organization and probably doing some other things throughout the year. So that's not something we're doing the second, but it's definitely in our plans. Things I do right now, I like to educate others. I feel like some people kind of get trapped in the, okay, I'm supposed to go to the university, get my degree, go work W2 job, have my 401k or whatever retirement plan. And that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And there's other ways to really be able to build wealth and other investments like multifamily and things like that that aren't really taught in our school systems. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? They can visit my website, which is elevatecig.com or jntconstruct.com. They can also shoot me an email if they'd like at george, which is j-o-r-g-e at elevatecig.com. And if they do that, I can send them a couple different contents. I have a free checklist for due diligence for multifamily properties and a couple other things I can send them. George, thanks for being on the show, talking about your construction management experience, lessons learned, talking about the deals that you've done and what's worked, what hasn't worked, and the differences in the thought process with new construction versus adding on versus what you were doing before that buying existing product and wholesaling so thanks for being on the show hope you have a best ever day talk to you again soon thank you